Good morning to you. Um, I think it's a bit dangerous this morning because Mark and Richard are away, and as Jenna said, we can do what we like. Amazing. So if you're listening, Mark, sorry. It's, uh, it's all down to us. In fact, I wish I'd worn the T-shirt that uh, Alex, who's on the sound desk, is wearing today. It says, in my defence, I was left unsupervised. <laughs> so I think uh, that's where we are this morning. I've been left unsupervised, so who knows what's going to happen. Well, as you know, we are in the one series of talks, and Mark kicked off the series uh, with a, a great talk on our key scripture, which is up on the screen, hopefully now, from John 17, 20 to 24, um, all about being one and in unity with him. Let's just read it again. I do not ask these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, and they will be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me and that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved me, even as you loved me, loved them, even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the earth. Well, it's clear from this scripture, isn't it, that Jesus' Jesus' heart is that we have a relationship with him and God the Father and the Holy Spirit, the same relationship that Jesus has with the Father and the Holy Spirit. They have one together. He wants us to have that very same relationship. So God is calling us, isn't he, through this series to go deeper in relationship with him and deeper in relationship with one another. In fact, he's always been calling us for that. And he will keep on calling us to go deeper and deeper. And he's calling us to have deeper relationships with one another, not just relationships based on friendship, which is good. Of course it's good. It's great to have good friends around. But relationships that are based on loving one another. That's like being there when it all goes wrong, isn't it? Loving one another. A couple of weeks ago, Andrea and John Taylor Cummings gave a talk, didn't they, on how to love one another better. Really great talk. They said uh, they used a couple of um, tools, one of which is making deposits in each other's emotional bank accounts rather than withdrawals. I hope you remember that. Um, and also they talked about being careful and not crushing the way we speak to people. And that's one of their four habits for good relationships. They've written a book on that. If you want to get that, um, look that up on Amazon. I'm sure you can find it here as well. It was a great practical talk, and um, they gave us quite a few tools to work with. So you can catch that up online on our website under Talks or on the app. Then Richard and Lucinda had um, some connect group leaders up here, didn't they? That was a great, a great morning. I really enjoyed that. A fantastic Q&A session with some connect group leaders and heard some incredible stories of our connections within those groups. Um, and then last week, Mark spoke from Ephesians 4, verses 4 to 6, about there being one body of Christ, the church, 
and that we are all called to be part of that body. I say we are all called to be part of that body. He also spoke on the one spirit which guides us and the one hope that we have a certainty of a future eternity with Jesus, the one Lord, the one faith, the one baptism, and the one God. If you missed any of those talks over the last four weeks, can I encourage you to look back and then pick up on the series? It's been really good. Well, this week, I want to talk to you about being part of that body, or moreover, playing your part in that body. Let's have a look at another scripture. And while it comes up on the screen, I'm going to grab my drink. So this comes from 1 Corinthians verse 12, starting in verse 12. There is one body, but it has many parts. But all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit, and so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slave or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not made up of just one part, it's many parts. Suppose the foot says, I am not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body, can it? And suppose the ear says, I'm not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? And if the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could it be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. The eye can say to the hand, I do not need you, and the head can say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it's just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones that we can't do without. We know that when you stab your thumb, don't you? I did my thumb in the other day. Boy, does that affect the whole of your day. The parts that we think are less important, we treat with special honour. The private parts aren't shown, but they are treated with special care. The parts that can be shown don't need special care, but God has put together all the parts of the body, and he has given more honour to the parts that didn't have any, In that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will take care of one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part shares in its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. And that is so true today as it was when Paul wrote that to the Corinthians. So we can see clearly, can't we, that we're all part of the body of Christ. No matter which part we are, we are all important. If one is hurting, we're all hurting. If one rejoices, we're all rejoicing. We share in each other's pain and we share in each other's joy. But how do we know where and how we play our part? Some people do. Some people know what God has called them to. If you read further down in Corinthians 12, actually just under that that we just read, you will see that some have been called to be apostles, some teachers, some prophets, some healers, and so on. 
And Mark, our senior pastor, has been called here as a pastor, hasn't he? And as a preacher. And others have been called to worship. We've seen the wonderful worship band led by Lissy this morning. Let's give him a hand for the worship. And many of our guys work in the care centre and care for the poor. Other people teach and other people equip. But others of you may not be so sure of what your calling is, what part you need to play. Of course, you may be very new to this church, or you may still be exploring what it means to be a Christian. You may not have made that commitment. And if that's you, that's okay. You are still welcome here. This is your home as much as it is anybody else's. We're all on a journey of discovery and Jesus accepts us just as we are. It's only us who choose to whether we accept him or reject him, isn't it? You know, I would love to stand here with a bit of paper and list who's been called to do what so I could, you know, look around the room and say, you, sir, you've been called to clean the toilets. So I don't think you'd be too happy about that because... Actually, it's not that simple. But I do, as a pastor, pray that God will show me, and I'm expectant that he will show me and reveal to me the hidden nuggets of gold that live within each and every one of you. So one day you might get a tap on the shoulder. But rather than me second-guessing what the Holy Spirit uh, is thinking about any individual, let's look at what the fundamentals of being part of the body of Christ are. If you know me, then you will know that my heart is to see a church full of people who are healthy, not only in body, but in mind and in spirit, emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, and physically healthy. That is my heart. And we have a phrase here that says, very simply, healthy things grow, don't they? My heart is to see this church grow not just in numbers, um, which is great, but in health. It's it's the only way we're going to reach the lost and needy world. If we're fit, then we're secure and we're equipped, then I believe that nothing can stop us as the body of Christ. So how do we get healthy? And more importantly, how how do we remain healthy? Well, we have four... Well, I have four elements I want to share that I believe are important um, for not only being part of the body, but will also sustain us as as a healthy Christian life. So number one is identity. We need to know that our identity is in Christ, first and foremost, before everything else. We know that Jesus died for us, for our freedom from sin, for a life of abundance, and to give us full access to the Father. And it just felt like that this morning we were singing those songs, wasn't it? That we were able to come into the throne room and see our Father God. He also gave us the Holy Spirit, didn't he? So that we can hear from him and have the power to do what he asks us to do. We need to know first that our identity is not in what we do, or where we've come from, or from our experience in life. It's not the colour of our skin, the language we speak, the country we were born in. It's not the job we do or the role we play in our family, in our 
job or in, our church, in the church or otherwise. It's not our ministry either. Our identity is not our ministry. Anyway, it's Christ's ministry. We only play our part in it. It all belongs to him. We just need to take our part. No, it's better than all of that. Let's have a look at Galatians 4, 4 to 7. But when the time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption as his children. Because you are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, and the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, which simply translated means daddy or papa, so that you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Well, we may have read that scripture many times before, but when you see the enormity of that, it will blow your mind. Just think if you had a long-lost aunt or uncle that came into your life at the, you know, from, from afar, you'd never met them before, and you found out they were stinking rich, they were a billionaire or something. Would that change your life if you were the heir to their fortune? I think it might. It certainly changed your perspective, wouldn't it? You'd start to live in a different way, and you'd, perhaps you'd be more generous. I hope you would. But, um, but it would change you. But actually, we have that in God. Sometimes I think we just don't get our heads around that. This is where our identity is. He is God the Father. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High, the great I Am. We've been adopted into his family and we have been chosen by God to be his children and to be the heir of everything that he has. That means we're the heir of the whole universe. Just think on that for a moment. But more than that, let's have a look at 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So not only are we his children, and his heirs, we are royalty. Have you ever thought of yourself as royalty? Have a think on that for a moment. Just ask God to show you that. And we are a holy nation. We're set apart for him. We may live in the United Kingdom, but we are in his holy nation, his kingdom of God. And we are God's special possession. We're not just his possession. We're not just his sons and daughters. We are very, very special to him. And if you thought that God had given up on you, let me tell you today, he has not. You are his special possession. And it's great to know that we are sons and daughters of the Most High and that we've got Jesus as our big brother and our friend and that we can do all things through his Holy Spirit's power. But there's a difference between knowing and being. Or should I say there's a difference between knowing and living it out? When we know, we have the confidence and security of mind and heart that God is on our side, don't we? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Paul said in Philippians, and he was in prison when he said this. So what about living it? Can you walk across the room and tell somebody that Jesus loves them? Can you go the extra mile for your neighbour when it's really very inconvenient? Could you speak a word of prophecy that God has given you into a room full of people perhaps you don't know? Or could you just pray for that sick man sitting on the bench next to you in the park? We can know that God is with us and have the confidence in his adoption, but we can also live out those words and put them into practice. We call it faith, don't we? Taking what God has given us and then doing something with it, putting it into action. I've said before and I'll say again, love is a verb. It's an action word. If we're going to love, we need to do something about it. So that's number one. Number two, connection. To be healthy, we need to be connected. Our identity in God is our vertical connection with the Father and with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit. But what about our horizontal connection with one another? We know from Jesus that the most... Let me just check that's not me. There we are. We know from Jesus that the most important commandments are love your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and love your neighbour as yourself. So the horizontal connection that we have, our connection with one another, is just as important as the vertical connection that we have with God. Now, you might be sitting there or at home perhaps saying, oh, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think my connection with God is far more important than my connection with people. Well, let me reference back to the scripture that we have for this series. And it says, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. That whole one scripture is about us being with each other and loving one another. That's what God wants for us. Yes, he wants a relationship with us, but not just that. He wants us to love one another. We cannot live life unconnected. Connection's good. That's why we have connect groups, and we've heard about those a couple of times this morning. And we heard some stories from uh, when uh, Richard and Lucinda interviewed that group. And I uh, particularly liked a couple of things that were said, that the leaders said. Um, Sue and Carlton were the first to speak, weren't they? And they said their group was like a family. And a family that was growing together and seeing growth in each other and seeing each other stepping out in new opportunities in God. That's what it is. It's a family. I often say when I'm here, we're a family. We're not a congregation. I know that word means something very similar, but we are a family first, and we should love each other as a family. Connection's all about being a family. And then we heard from... um, Oh, sorry, lost my way there. Oh, I was going to say, vineyard is a bit like a garden, isn't it? In which the father has planted us. I like to think of it like this. My wife's a big gardener. I'm not a gardener. Um, I can look after houseplants, but Maria looks after the garden. And I always think that God 
is in the garden looking after us. He has planted us in a place where we can grow. And we can grow together. Plants grow together, don't they? But every so often, he moves things around, doesn't he? Oh, I think I might take that shrub and put it over there. And I think it would be better over there. And sometimes he prunes us back to smaller than we were before. And some of that's going on right now, I think. God's in the garden. And that can be a little bit uncomfortable. It can be painful. But we know if we stick with it that God will water us and make us grow. But what a better place to grow than in a connect group where you can be loved and you can love. You're not only loved by others that you don't know, but you can grow together and love each other. In the kingdom of God, growth comes by doing life together. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And Sue and Sally, when they spoke, um, Sally right there, um, said they believed in faith is is holistic and should be part of all of our lives, which is very true. What better place to build your faith than in a connect group where you feed off one another and build each other up through prayer and study and just being together and doing life. <laughs> and then um, Sue actually quoted Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Let's have a look at that. And let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. We shouldn't give up from meeting together. If you're not already meeting in a group, please, can I urge you, get connected. It really is good for your health. And then Greg and Rachel said that they loved that their group all learned from each other. It's all about doing life together, isn't it? Through the good times and the bad. So if you're not in a connect group or any type of group at all, then please, please, please get connected. And I did have a little phrase that I think may have gone up there. You need to be known to be grown. So if you're not known by anybody, how can you grow? And if you're not in a connect group and you're not known, you're certainly not grown. So number three, servanthood. Mark mentioned in his talk uh, last week, didn't he, that, um, that we're all called to play our part and play our part in the life of Jesus' church. I think he asked the question, are you playing your part? And I hope you thought about that. And I read in 1 Corinthians 12 earlier about how we're all part of the body of Christ, but we're not all the same, are we? We all have our part to play. It's also said that when one is suffering, all are suffering. And when one is honoured, all share in their joy. If we're to be a healthy church and in church life, we need to play our part. We need to see where our skills and talents can lend a hand. And we need to commit to doing something to help with church life. I said before, uh, healthy things grow, and that goes for us as well. We need to know the part of good health for our own... We know, we, sorry, we, need, we know that the part of our own health is good exercise. And as you can see, I'm a, I'm a perfect example of good exercise. Not. <clears throat> In the same way, 
our spiritual life, we need to exercise our faith. We need to get involved and play our part in this wonderful body. For if we're not involved, then we're not doing ourselves any good. And we're being a weak part of the body. We sometimes hear people in church say, this is my ministry, or I minister in this way or that. And as I said earlier, we don't have a ministry that we own. It's all Jesus' ministry, and we share and serve in that ministry. In fact, ministry actually means servant, to serve. Jesus' ministry is to serve, isn't it? The king of the world became the servant of all. Let's have a look at Luke 22 and 26. Get a dry mouth up here. The greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one who is at the table, but I am among you as one who serves. And he said these words, didn't he, at the Last Supper? And then he got down on his knees and he took their sandals off and he washed their dirty feet. This is the man that threw the stars into space. So if we are sons and daughters of God and to heir to all that he has, then it goes without saying that we should work in his business, okay? And what's his business? To serve. So if you're not serving in one way or another in the church, then you are missing out on that glory that, he meant, that we mentioned earlier in John 17. There are many ways to serve at Vineyard. There's no lacking in roles here. I don't know if you've, if you've come in and thought, oh, it looks pretty good, this place. I've got it all together. Um, you know, you can get a donut and a coffee and the children's work's fantastic and Edward's running a fantastic youth and Marna with Eventuland. And it's all tickety-boo, but there are plenty of roles that you can play. We do not have a sign up saying no vacancies. Quite the opposite. There's a place you can serve here and that place is a place where you can grow because growth comes from servanthood and healthy things grow. Are you getting the message? I guess you are by now. I'm banging that nail in hard, aren't I? So why not sign up for one of the serving teams? We have plenty. There's a little list here, and I've probably missed some. Parking team, welcome team, refreshments team, blend bar, offering team, tech team. I want to just give a big, big, big up for the tech team. Well done, guys. They're, uh, they're in the room over there, behind the scenes, doing the tech stuff. Actually, let's give them a, let's give them a hand. Well done, Tiago. He heads that team up. There's Children's Village team. There's Ventureland. There's youth, there's the care centre, there's refuel, and there are more as well. There's plenty of places that you can serve. And when you've joined one of those and gone through our introductions course, where we learn how we see the kingdom of God and how we pray for each other, then you can consider one of the ministry teams as well. The prayer team, the worship team, the teaching team, preaching team, the Bible study, rise team, vineyard men's team connect group leading, and more of those as well. There's plenty of opportunity 
and plenty of ways in which to grow in your servanthood. And remember, you should never be too proud to do the simplest of roles. You know, I love that scripture, uh, Psalm 84, verse 10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. We sung something very similar this morning. Thank you, Lissy. I often say to God when things are getting a bit tough and there's a lot on my plate, I'm happy just to be a doorkeeper. I really am. Lord, can I just be the doorkeeper? You know, I would be happy doing that. So that was number three, servanthood. Number four, listen. God has called us all to be a part of what he's doing here in St. Albans Vineyard. Now, we often use the phrase, welcome home. I may have used it this morning. This is because we believe that when you walk through those doors and you've come here, you have come here for a reason. You come here for a divine appointment. So whether you're here for the first time today, maybe you're watching on the la- online for the first time today, you're watching, you're here for a reason. God has called you here. It's not a coincidence. It may not always be to stay and to make this your family church, although we'd love to have you. But it's to hear from God, first and foremost. We meet every week, don't we, primarily to praise and worship, but also to listen to him and to seek him for what he's doing in our lives. And we seek him for guidance, and we seek him for wisdom, and we seek him for calling, so that we can serve him as he builds his church. So I talked a lot about playing our part, and I'm sure there are some of you saying, what part should I play? What does God want from me? Where do I fit in this body of Jesus Church? But when we've recognized that our identity is fully in him, and we've chosen to connect with others and to love them, and we've committed to serving just as he has served us, then we can find out the why, the when, and the how of what he has called us to. When we say healthy things grow, we really do mean that, healthy things grow. As you grow in your relationship with Jesus, and as you grow in your love for one another, and you find a place to serve in God's kingdom, he will reveal to you his calling over your life. You will hear his still small voice beckoning you to play your part, and he will beckon you to play your part. It might be a passion that you have. It might be a talent that you possess. It might be a compassion that moves your heart. And I've lost my point. Excuse me a moment. Or it might simply be something that resonates with you through the word. Or something that other people around you are saying, particularly if you're in connect group. God speaks. I have absolutely no doubt in that. It just takes us to listen to what he's saying. If you don't know what God's calling to you now, don't just dismiss it 
and say, well, maybe this isn't the place that God is calling me to. Get involved. Get connected. Listen to others around you and see what God is doing. Why not look and see where the Holy Spirit is moving and then move there? So if you see the Holy Spirit moving in one of the open night nights, go to the open night nights. If he's moving in the breakthrough prayer meeting, which we have every Tuesday night, go there. And I can tell you, he's speaking there. He speaks every week. If you see him in the worship, throw yourself into the worship. And whenever you, wherever you see God moving, can't be a bad place to go. Can it? So watch for the Holy Spirit, have a watching eye, see where God's moving on others, and go near them. And when you're in the midst of his presence, he will talk to you and he will gently guide your heart into a place of your own, a place where you can flourish and a place where you can grow. Can I have the uh, band up, please? One thing I do know for each and every one of us is that we are called to reach the lost. Jesus said, didn't he, in John 4, 35, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. So we need to respond to that call first and then seek God for our particular part. If we're to reach the lost and needy world, we need to be a healthy church full of healthy Christians. And when we're that and mature in our knowledge and security, moving in his giftings and listening to his calling, then we will be ready for the harvest that will come. And I am convinced that it is coming. We need to be ready for it. We need to be healthy to help people who aren't healthy. So if you want to be a healthy church and you want to be healthy Christians, we can't go far wrong if we get these four things in place to be rooted in our identity in Christ, to be connected with our family here and love one another as he has loved us, and to have the attitude of a servant first, just as Jesus humbled himself and became servant to us all, and to listen to his calling on our lives, and more importantly, act on it. With these things in good measure, we can help Jesus build his church here in St. Albans. Amen. Bless you.